give him a hand clap, amen? For all he's done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> amen. Glory. That is good. The book of Psalms says you need to give him thanks and a clap offering. Clap offering in Psalms. Clap, shout, sing, dance. Have fun in the glory. Get undone from religion. But it's cool. You know, people are like, yeah, you know, that, that's a good play on the baseball field, and I'm right there clapping. I'm a huge baseball fan. Minnesota Twins better win the World Series today. I'm going to get into a root of bitterness. Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> We're having fun. It's revival time. People getting undone from Jezebel. It was a crazy day. Wednesday's Red Letter Ministries Global Community Corporate Dry Fast. Every Wednesday, all the way through Yom Kippur, amen, through the fall. And we're going to do it. It's just a big deal. A dry Fast means no food and drink, and we do it from the time we wake up, wake up on Wednesday until after Joel's Bar. It's powerful. It's powerful because you're sacrificing your flesh and blood. You'd be surprised how much control your brain actually has over your spirit when you do just a measly little eight-hour fast. You, know, you wake up in the morning, don't eat anything, don't drink anything until after the broadcast. Big deal. You know, 6 o'clock, 5.30, then go grab yourself a cold pop and pop out of your body. But you'll be surprised. People think they're all spiritual, but when you do a little dry fast and you realize a lot of that's just carnal animal opinions. A lot of it's just brain. The brain needs to die. The brain is the animal sacrifice. The brain is the place where I die daily. The brain is the place where he was crucified in Aramaic Golgotha. In English, the place of the skull. So this is the place of sacrifice, the altar of Jerusalem, the brain. If you're not bringing your brain as an offering, you're not really a Christian. I mean, that's kind of basic day one, entry level. I'm, I die daily. I come to the cross with my brain, and I die to my soul to live to the river. Amen? He died on the cross so that you could die to your animal nature, your flesh and blood nature, to live to His spiritual nature. I no longer live the life I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ in me who lives through me. Christ lives through me. The life of Christ is the river of life. And it proceeds from the throne of God in the Lamb. Where? Luke 17, 21, that are in you. John, 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. You're still serving the thrones that are in the world. Trust me, this is the preaching of the Great Awakening. Because hardly any of you are like even 2% God inside-minded yet. So if I weary you with the same verses over and over again, trust me, you haven't got it yet because we'll move on as soon as you get it. We'll move on as soon as you get it. As soon as you realize the glory. As soon as you whack the principality of Jezebel of God outside-minded bewitchment off of people's souls in the charismatic church and you got 10 million people instantly manifesting and birthing the river out of their bellies, and every state in the USA is in revival fire. Trust me, we'll move on right away. In fact, I won't even be here. We won't even, I'll, be in, I'll be in a lazy boy in a, in a palace in an ocean somewhere testing my Donzi. That's, that's where you'll find me, and I'll still be doing Joel's Bar. But when people actually start to get it, we're not, it's not going to be like this. Trust me, people haven't gotten anything yet. We've barely woken up. 
We barely woke it up. We've barely touched the tip of the iceberg of what God's going to do through our inner man. We're mostly carnal. That's why the dry fasting is so powerful. You know, because you're dealing with the externalism as God told me to take a scoop of almond butter. No, God didn't tell you that. That was Satan. The issue is that you're so led by do's and don'ts in your brain that you don't even know God. When you're bewitched, you're cut off from God. Galatians 3.1, he says you've become idiots. That's what it actually says in Greek. You studied out idiotic Galatians. You've become dumb. You become really dumb. You become fully blown animals when you're bewitched. Jezebel turns Christians into animals after they're born again and corrals them into little chicken coops, into little cattle cars, into little stalls, into little sheep sheds. That ain't God. That's Satan. Oh, well, what's going on? Satan, trust me. If you had a grid for what God's doing, you'd know it's the devil. These are prison camps. It's time to set the prisoners free. We're coming out of buildings made by human hands. It's the great exodus. We're coming out of the shelters that man has built for Christ and for Elijah and for Moses. And we're, we're exiting up the mountain unto the transfiguration of Christ to know the Father face to face in us. That's what we're going to do. We're going to exodus to knowing God face to face in us. And what are we exiting from? Externalism. See, it's kind of an enigma because religion is deception. And every day people will message me. You, I mean, the, the, oh, if you guys would only know the things people say to me. <laughs> We've been doing this for so long. You can read the YouTube comments and we censor a little bit just because it's so graphic and so vile and so hideous and so horrible. And, but it's been going on for so long. It's religion. Some of it's rebellion, but it's mostly religion. Religion is murder. Religion, and people, even the good intentions, you got to understand, good intentions is what killed Christ. They didn't believe in him, so they killed him. And they thought it was a good thing that they were doing because they didn't believe in him. So they killed the Messiah. Whoa. So good intentions out of your soul always kills the Messiah. Praying out of your soul is always witchcraft prayer. Praying out of your mind is always pagan activity. It's always word curses. You can't pray out of your soul and be praying spiritual prayers. You can only be manifesting the river out of your belly. Many Christians have never prayed a Christian prayer in their entire Christian lives. How can you pray without ceasing? First Thessalonians, pray without ceasing, give thanks always, rejoice always. Well, you pray without ceasing because you're rele releasing the river without ceasing. You can release the river while you're sleeping. You can release the river while you're driving. You can be release the river while you're working. You can release the river when you're doing anything in the natural dimension. is irrelevant because the river comes out of your belly. And if your brain is tapped into the river, you're more consciously aware of Christ in you than anything going on in the natural realm. So you can have joy and laugh at anything going on around you. That's praying without ceasing. Re releasing the river of fire from your belly. Pagan prayer that Jesus Christ rebuked you about in the Bible was, don't pray like the pagans. They go babble on and on and on. You know? Oh. And they mean well. That's the thing that's so deceiving is they're trying so hard. It means well. they got 200 people watching it on the live broadcast and all of it is paganry. It's pagantry. It's pagan activity. It, I mean, all of it. I'll tap into these people and watch their live stream, and they're like, they'll have 200 people on there 
and they'll be given prophetic words, and I look at their title, and they're apostle, prophet, so-and-so. Every single one says they're an apostle. Every single one says they're a prophet. And, I'll be, and not a single drop of it came from their belly. Not a single drop. Oh my God, the charismatic church has never been more bewitched. The prophetic church has never been more bewitched. The glory stream church has never been more bewitched. Even the best of the best of the people that I love and even share their videos because I, I honor their 60-fold are completely and totally bewitched. How can you be? Because you don't know about the river. You don't understand the river. You're barely even saved, and you're the leaders of the charismatic church. You're barely even saved, and you're calling yourselves apostles and prophets. Listen, these apostles and prophets are infants in Christ. And I love them, but that's, oh my God. And the thing about it is, is that everything that the people receive from that level keeps you immature. It keeps you immature. There's no actual self-sacrifice. There's no actual burning of the animal sacrifice. There's no actual priesthood of Melchizedek activity. I mean, it's all about warm, fluffy stuff to make you feel good to have a happy, fluffy life on earth. And I'm all about the happy, fluffy life on earth. It's just you need revelation from where it comes from. It doesn't come out of the soul. That's Jezebel 100% of the time. That's this watered-down religion. That's just like mixture. And there can be real prophetics mixed in with false prophetics, clearly. Since the river comes from your belly and the false prophet comes from the external stars, most prophets, even what people call senior prophets, I watch them be wrong like every month. Every month. Like the, the leaders of the prophetic church in America and worldwide... They'll full-blown come out and put it on their website, and just none of it happens. And it never happened, and they were just wrong, wrong about elections, wrong about, I mean, just huge, way off. And how can people that are looked up to as the leaders of the prophetic church be completely wrong so often? So often, they kind of cover it up, you know. Let's not talk about that. Put that one on the side. And I'll tell you why. Because we're not God-inside-minded. Because we haven't brought our brain to the river. Maybe a little bit, but not much. And when we bring our brains to the throne of God and the Lamb and the river within our own spiritual stomachs, then we'll start to have the accuracy of Jeremiah, of Daniel, of Ezekiel, of the prophets of old that were 100% accurate. You can't be 100% accurate if you're God outside-minded. Even though these are wonderful people wonderful people that have laid their lives down to serve others, that have huge multi-million dollar, and I, I'm glad that they have millions of dollars. I mean, there's no hatred, jealousy in me at all. I'm so happy that about Sid Roth. I love It's Supernatural. I love Bobby Connor. I love Jeremy Nelson. I love Bill Johnson. I love the prophetic church. I love these people. I, Neville Johnson. I mean, I, I love their ministries. I'm so glad and so happy for them. But I'm telling you, even all of the prophetic church of America that is very high level, that's prophesied accurate earthquakes, fires, tsunamis, and all this stuff, NASA calling you on the phone, yep, 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 this is going to happen, you know, and, and that's true. But there's still realms that we haven't gone into in sonship that the prophetic church has no clue about whatsoever. And the craziest thing about these realms is they're not outside you in space. They're inside you in your belly. It's actually the pulling in of your brain 
as a sacrifice to Christ in you, the hope of you realizing the glory, the hope of you becoming 100% accurate as a temple of the Holy Spirit with no mixture of the external realm. That's where we're going. That's where the 60-fold's going. So, listen, no one's saying doom and gloom upon the prophetic church. Okay? When John the Baptist came into the river, he wasn't saying doom and gloom to the people. No one in Israel loved the people more than John the Baptist. He was the real deal. He just wanted them to go deeper in Christ. He wanted them to go deeper in the glory. He wanted them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Has zeal for the Father's house consumed you so that you are an irritation to everyone around you that's complacently satisfied for where they're at spiritually? If not, there's something wrong with you. And you're not a prophet. Because if you're a real prophet, you will continuously irritate everyone around you until they're right with God inside and outside. Blessed through and through, living in the promised land and happy. Healed and happy. I tell you the truth, that's the only prophetic witness in the entire Bible. All this happy stuff for your soul and, you know, there's a time for a word of encouragement. It's great. But the real deal is the exodus. Getting the corporate bride of Christ birthing the river out of her belly so we can have heaven on earth. You can make a little dent and, and change a little person's world and that's precious. That's powerful. We, we like that kind of ministry too. But, but then what? You're going to live in Babylon? You know, with your prophetic word, you're going to live under captivity of the fallen angels and the principalities in America? I don't think so. We're going to take them out so that we could do something with that prophetic word in paradise. Seriously, see the big picture here. See where we're going. A heaven and an earth where righteousness dwells. Amen? That's where we're going. When this principality completely falls, and it's fallen. Those earthquakes in California, Jezebel's falling. Those floods in Washington, D.C., Jezebel's falling. What we're seeing today in Minneapolis, Jezebel's falling. Falling, falling, falling. Babylon is falling. Jezebel is the witchcraft of Babylon. Jezebel is the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great is falling. Amen? Well, that's true. That's the truth anyhow. Babylon the Great's falling, and hardly anybody's happy, happy about it because they built on the shifting sands, which means they built their soul in Babylon. It's connected to the stars that are falling from heaven that are just being, well, what are you doing? Why did you trade on the fallen angels? Why did you trade with your blood, sweat, tears, your time, your finances, and your families, and everything with Satan and his angels? Why did you build in Babylon and not the kingdom? Jesus told you in the red letters, unless you build on the solid rock, the storms of this world are going to annihilate all your false building. So, you've been warned for thousands of years. People have heard those verses thousands of times. The issue is they don't believe them or they're not taught correctly. They don't understand the soul. They don't understand the spirit. They don't understand the new covenant. They're perishing for lack of revelation. 5% of all, no, one out of five of all pastors in America, a recent recent, uh, statistic showed that one out of five of all pastors in America are members of secret societies. One out of five of all pastors in ministry in the USA. One out of five. So most of you have been learning, at least at some time in your life, from sorcerers that were trained in the magic arts of Kabbalah and Freemasonry and Eastern Star. They were actually religious warlocks of the reptilian nature of the flesh and blood realm of Satan's stars that fell from heaven. And so 
Those magic spells in you people are, have been learned. You actually have been taught magic. And you have to be, undo magic. People are taught magic in the charismatic church. I watch them because they pray like pagans. As if God's not a river coming out of their belly. They haven't been taught the Bible. They haven't been taught the apostolic and the prophetic. They haven't been taught of the sons of God. They haven't been taught of God the Father. They haven't been taught of Christ. Christ would never teach 99% of this garbage that's out there. Christ would never sell those books. What would Jesus do? Well, would Jesus sell books? No, he'd make a cat of nine tails and, and turn the tables upside down in the Father's house. I mean, it, it, the prostitution is so unreal for unrighteous mammon that they've literally built this golden calf. And it doesn't mean we hate money. You know, no, it's, it doesn't mean that money is bad. It means that selling things, selling doves is bad. You know, that's what they were doing. They were selling doves. They were selling the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's what they're doing. That's why Jesus was so angry, because they were selling the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You ever seen people sell the Holy Spirit? Find a ministry that doesn't. And I guarantee you that person has a future in the kingdom age. Very rare. I've come across maybe two or three in my entire lifetime that don't sell the Holy Spirit. Well, how are you going to make money? Well, you're going to have to be like Paul. You're going to have to be like Jesus. I mean, you have to be like a biblical Christian. doesn't mean you're going to have to build tents like Paul. Paul was a tent maker just because the people are so disobedient and religious. Religion is what withholds finances. Religion is the demon that stops giving. Because the river always gives. That's what It's a giving river. It's God the Father is a giver. God so loved the world that He gave. God's always giving. God's always creating. There's always more riches with God. It's awesome with God. The issue is that we're so religious that we don't trust the river. We don't know about the abilities of the river. So we withhold we get into fear. And we, when we get into fear, we get into bondage and we go into Egypt and we start to be mummified. That's the bewitchment. That's when the scales are so strong on our eyes that even though we think we see, we're actually in a delusionary world of witchcraft. I look at people right in their eyes and they're so mummified by sorcery, by Jezebel, that there's no way that their soul can even hear what I'm spiritually saying to them. Because they're literally mummified in the potent sorcery of Jezebel. They're living under pyramids of pharaohs. Egypt is the place in the spirit of religion where most Christians are in bondage. Most. There's hardly anybody not in bondage right now in the whole world because the Great Awakening hasn't started. When it starts, it'll be the dissolving of the pyramids of pharaoh, which are buildings made by human hands, in society-wide drowning revival. And it's going to be wild. you got to understand how wild it's going to be also because God put a young man, a 33-year-old, in charge of this universe. A 33-year-old man in the flesh is in charge of this universe. King of kings and Lord of lords. In the flesh. So he's younger than most of every one of you listening right now. And he's in charge. So you're going to have to get over age real quick. And he's wilder than you. He's less religious than you. He's more fun than you. And he's happier than you. He laughs more than you. And are you going to be offended by Jesus? Seriously, most Christians are so offended by the real Jesus, they have to build up a false Jesus in the external realm, otherwise they could never be Christians. And they're just barely saved, holding on to praying tongues, and they'll just hold on to a little box of what they can handle and the freedom of, of the glory realm, but they don't know the real Jesus at all. They don't know one aspect of His personality. They don't know Him at all. So when the real Jesus comes through the manifesting 
sons of God or the manifesting Jesuses of God, because that's who's coming out of us, is the real Jesus, the 33-year-old young man that's in charge of this universe. When you're manifesting the river, you're manifesting the 33-year-old young man that's in charge of this universe. So it's going to be completely and totally wild. In the book of Revelation, it says he's a frolicking lamb. He has no cares. He's He doesn't care about anything. That's the thing that people get offended. He doesn't care about money. He doesn't care... He cares so little about money that he, you know, he's the prophet of prophets, right? We all agree with that. Jesus is the prophet of prophets. He knew who Judas Iscariot was from the very beginning. And he, <laughs> I know he thought it was funny because I know the sense of humor of God that he allowed the devil in the group, the seed of the Pharisees in the group to be in charge of the money bags. He gave him the desires of his heart. He gave him what he wanted. Judas wanted money. He sold them for 30 silver pieces of metal. The other 11, they actually wanted God. A religious person, even though they'll say money is evil, in their heart, they love money. They trust money. They care about money. They're always fake. They're always pretending to cover it up on the outside. They're whitewashed tombs. But the real ones were like the other 11 that couldn't even see that Judas Iscariot was a devil. Jesus told them repeatedly one of them was a devil, and none of them could tell who it was. That's how little discernment there was amongst, what are they called? Apostles. Apostles. The apostles couldn't find the devil amongst them, and they're apostles. The government of God, 12, the number of government. And if the apostles couldn't figure out which one of the 12 was Satan incarnate, you think you're going to find out? Oh, buddy. You think you're going to be able to see if the apostles couldn't see? You think your discernment's accurate? Most of you discern inaccurately and actually fight the real Jesus. I watched it every single day for 11 years. They'll actually come in, into covenant with the fallen angels and start attacking the real Jesus that's fun, free, and wild. That's how little discernment there is in the charismatic church. I'm not even going into the E-free and the Lutheran and Catholic. I mean, that's, my God. We're dealing with the people that is coming out of the worst external sorceries of Jezebel of all time. It has come in, the suns that fell from heaven, that external lights has come in through their soul and it has filled their entire spirit. So this great awakening, even for Christians, is like a reintroduction of a different religion. Because your Christianity is so far off from what Jesus walked in. In the river. In the throne of God and the Lamb. In the freedom and in the abundant life. And in the joy of the Lord. Everyone I know that is worth two cents in ministry has said that Jesus was the happiest man who has ever walked the earth. I've heard it from Brian Simmons. I've heard it from Charlie Robinson. I've heard it from many other people that I highly respect in ministry. That Jesus, the Messiah, was the happiest man to ever walk the earth. Familiar with sorrows. Why was he familiar with sorrows? Why did Jesus weep? Their unbelief. Trust me, every morning we've dealt with this too. Because there's all kinds of negative stuff going on around us like you couldn't imagine. I have dealt with death on a street level every day of my life. Death and decay and decadence and the worst atrocities in the USA I've dealt with every single day of my life for 37 years. And still, I can rejoice above it. 
I can have a cup of the new covenant, get over the natural realm, get over its influence in my emotions, and get into Christ. Christ entered the joy. It's not about where I'm at. It's not about where anyone's at around me. It's about where He's at on earth as it is in heaven. And that's why I drink the cup of the new covenant every day and I just change my mind. I change my mind. I change my attitude. I bring the sacrifice of my natural man to the altar and it burns in Holy Spirit fire. And that fire is the fire of joy. Acts chapter 2, they were drunk on what? Tongues of fire. So the fire is the wine. The Pentecostal drunken glory of Acts chapter 2 is the fire of God. This is the fire of God that gets you so healthy and so happy you're drunk. And if you're not drunk, don't worry about it because you're about to be. <laughs> Just keep receiving. There's so much stuff in the, hidden, in the hidden person of the heart and we don't need to go through you know, all the Derek Prince courses of figuring out every demon, classifying it, naming it, ancestral curse. Jesus never did that. He dealt with gathering demoniacs. He had 2,000 demons in him. He didn't sit him down and set him down on a 20-page course, 20-book course. Now, did your mom drink blood? Yes! Yes, she did! Yes, she did! <laughs> See, it wouldn't work. He just said, go into the pigs. And they instantly went. There's a place in the river that just washes people's bloodlines and their brains instantly. That's how Jesus ministered 100% of the time. All your books, you can just throw them in the fire. They're like witchcraft scrolls. Literally, it's just once you come into this realm of Jesus Christ and his ability and get out of your soul and into his soul, get into his river and out of all your effort and trying to figure it out, crap, which is all witchcraft anyway, it gets so easy, it's stupid. It gets so easy that you can't market it. It gets so easy that you can't sell it. And it gets so easy that you can't contain it in a shelter of a building made by human hands. That's the main reason why no one has ever gone here before. And why it's reserved for this time in a second coming. Of a company of sons of God, of the John the Baptist company, of a second coming, that will walk in the fullness of the spirit and the power of Elijah, that will bring everyone out of the institutionalized church into the river and drown society for never-ending revival all upon the earth, outside of organized religion, outside of flesh and blood, outside of anything man can think, do, or say, anything man can imagine. Because it's not based on any man. It's based on Christ through our bellies. And it's going to absolutely wash away man's sinful, soulish religion. And everyone's going to have heaven on earth, even if they didn't want it. That's the thing too. It's sovereign. It's sovereign. The days of Noah were sovereign. Jesus Christ at His second coming is sovereign. I believe the second coming is a long, long process. The word coming in Greek, parousia. Parousia means presence. When did the presence start to get super, super strong? Azusa Street. 1906 to 1916. That was the reintroduction of the Holy Spirit to Christianity worldwide. Millions of people got the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. Millions. And it continues to this very day. It has never slowed down. More people speaking in tongues. The presence has been an ever-increasing presence since Azusa Street. There's always been little pockets of people pressing in and going deeper all over the planet since Azusa Street. Really, just an ever-increasing presence, an ever-increasing parousia. So I believe we're already a hundred years deep into the second coming of Christ. 
I think that's really what 333 is. His first coming was 33.3. I believe his second coming is 333. So if you got short range plans, make long range plans. Because we got a lot of time to show off his ability before he returns. And it's going to be a victorious bride operating in all the sonship ability of the river of life out of the throne of God and the Lamb from her belly before he returns. That's true. He comes through us before he comes to us. So the easiest way to just accelerate your spiritual growth is just to count your soul and everything in it as utter garbage like the Apostle Paul did. He said, I counted my formal education as garbage, just trash, he called it. A Pharisee, having a doctorate in divinity, he considered it garbage for the sake of knowing and being learned of Christ. And he knew Christ in his belly. He knew the river of Christ. He knew Christ in him. He had the revelation of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that I'm now the temple of the Holy Spirit. There's a river flowing from the temple, Ezekiel 47. And I can pull my brain in deeper. You know, the ankle deep isn't external. It's how much of your brain is submitted to the internal river. Knee deep, waist deep is how much of your brain, how much of your soul is submitted to Christ. And then when you go into the place that no man can cross, that's when it starts to get good. That's the place we need to go right now in this group to model it for every other group in the world, this tribe to every other tribe in the world, because they doubt us, they think we're crazy. The tribes so disrespect this tribe. Charismatic tribes think we're nuts. We get so much crap from people all the time that it's just everybody comes in as skeptical for years before they'll even message me. Be like, yep, I've been watching you for three years. I finally realized you're legit. It took them three years. I mean, I hear that literally weekly, weekly. But I'm telling you, once we corporately start to model it, they'll realize it won't take a year, two years, three years for them to start to realize this is just a deeper level of the river. This, they can do it in a day, in an instant, in one sermon, in one encounter, just the river baptizing them. We have gone this deep in the river to baptize our cities and nations with the fullness of the ability of Jesus Christ in us, which is the river of life. And it will drown society. It will wash all flesh. It will wash all bloodlines. The life of the animal soul is in the blood. So if you want a soul to be renewed, you want a mind to be renewed, you have to hit their bloodlines. You have to wash their blood with the superior blood of the blood of Jesus, the river of life. The life is in the blood. We need His life. His life is in the blood. His river is the blood of Jesus, and it's supremely intoxicating. And it will flow through all the bloodlines of all nations, washing away all the sorceries and immoralities of Jezebel into the lake of fire for never-ending revival now in Jesus' name. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. If you want to partner with Red Letter Ministries, you can donate at redlettermin.com. Amen.